Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bow, and myself continue our discussion on the Ninth and Tenth Commandment. Welcome to Being Lutheran Podcast. I'm Pastor Brett Bow, and I have with me Pastor Jason Goodham and Pastor Brian Rickey. Awesome. Great to see you guys again. And uh, we're doing part two of the Ninth and Tenth Commandments. Indeed. As we're wrapping up, uh, walking through the Ten Commandments. And we'll be completely done with it after, right? Because it doesn't yep, have any... We've moved no, beyond kidding. the law. As Christians, yeah. we've put the law in the rearview mirror, right. and it's all gospel from here on out, right? Gospel-centered, right? Yeah. No. <laughs> gospel-centered, law-informed Christian life. <laughs> I Always. like that. I've never heard that. Yeah. Huh. Except I've said it like ten times on this podcast. Really? Yeah. Where were you, huh? <laughs> I was sleeping when Jason was talking. You should listen to the podcast, Brett. Yeah, I do. I do. I love it. Yeah, it's good. Okay, anyhow, so <laughs> we're talking about, uh, and, and and with each of the commandments, we've used two P words to help us flesh out what the commandments mean. You know, we have the, what does this prohibit and what does this promote? And I, I like that. I think that's really helpful. And so last episode, last week, as you listened to us, you heard uh, the really the prohibiting part of the ninth and 10th commandments. Basically, don't covet. Don't covet. Uh, that's uh, a gloss. Prohibiting greed or mm-hmm. discontentment with what God has provided right. for us in our lives. Yep. So now let's flip the switch a little bit. And what does it promote? What's a positive aspect of these commandments. And this is where it really gets interesting and probably a little bit more philosophical than any of the other commandments get because, again, the nature of the ninth and 10th commandments are these thought crimes to, to, to steal from popular culture today. It's a victimless crime. It's not something that can be tried in a court of law. It's not something that you can point at someone and say, you've coveted against me. That's not how it works. And so... i try that today. Yeah, you should try it. It'll be interesting. Do it, <laughs> do it at your next council meeting. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Just make things interesting. Uh, what what I'm getting at here, I just completely derailed myself with that one. Uh, what I'm getting at here is if you if there's you know not a specific sin that you can view that's happened, it's also really hard to find a virtue that it's promoting. And yet the principles behind the commandment are are what lead us to to this side of things. And so the very first thing this commandment is pro- promoting is really accomplishing the purpose of the whole law. We've mentioned that too, but it's really promoting your neighbor. Vocation. Yep. It's promoting your vocation and loving your neighbor. I wanted to beat him to it today. Yeah, you did it. Good job. Uh, The ninth and 10th commandments are driving us away from our own needs, away Mm -hmm. from our own desires to have a focus on the neighbor. And the focus of the Christian life, a Christian life that has been redeemed by the blood of Christ is always on the neighbor because by nature of our salvation, we have everything we need for eternity wrapped up in Jesus Christ. But I want it now. Yeah, yeah, you do. You can't have it now. Yeah, and, and you might not ever be able to have it, but you can rejoice that your neighbor can have it. Right. And thinking about your neighbor, I, I I always love that Luther quote, and can't repeat it enough. But God doesn't need your good works, but your neighbor does. Yeah, and. Here, I'll segue. This is another Luther quote from the large catechism, what he's talking about with the ninth and tenth commandment. He says, but here it is also forbidden for you to alienate anything from your neighbor, even though you could do so with honor in the eyes of the world so that no one could accuse or blame you as though you had gotten it wrongfully. 
And so now again, the ninth and 10th commandment is firmly entrenched in the area of ethics rather than in the area of legality. You can't prosecute coveting and you can't therefore uh, look at that side of things. Mm-hmm. But it's not, uh, it's not that matter. It's, it's how can you ethically love your neighbor, not how you can legally love your neighbor. You're loving your neighbor by not killing him. Uh, but, uh, you are also loving your neighbor by not trying to deceive him, even in ways that appear honorable. So could we tie in a scripture that speaks about thinking of others as more important than yourselves to this? Or how, I mean, how would that tie in? Well, Philippians chapter two is a great place to go, (laughs) you know, but just the selflessness of Christ, the unity of the congregation. Have this attitude. Among yourself, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Exactly. Absolutely. Uh, it's Fly 97. Fly 97. Yeah. yeah, that's AFLC inside joke for those of you. AFLC that's before people. my time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that was the whole theme of our National ago. Youth Convention in 1997. 20 years ago. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. I was recording music in 1997. I was working in recording studios. I was a uh, high school senior in 1997. Yeah. Class of 98. I, I was a <laughs> 13-year-old. <laughs> so I, I know that I said this last episode, and I don't mean to keep harping on it, but when you when you comment about that you that you could be coveting and participating in coveting, and the world could condone it, and that's honestly, subscription-based music. Yep. You know, you're, you're taking out of the pockets of musicians and songwriters, especially the little guys, and you're doing it legitimately through a subscription-based music. And, but you're, you're stealing from those artists, mm-hmm. and you're doing it legitimately. Well, and, and we might add, too, that many people are doing that ignorantly because, you know, they just might not know. It's there. Why not do it? It's available. It's you've, legal, just, right? uh, you've just completely destroyed um, eliminated my desire for that now. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think a more clear example in running a business is the difference between making a profit, a successful business where you're offering products for a fair price, and then doing what that guy did who took over the, was it the EpiPens or whatever, oh, two years ago. Yeah, yeah. And he started offering them because he's the only company making them for $4,000 a piece or whatever it is. That's Legal, but not ethical. High interest credit cards. Yeah, high interest. Predatory loans, which is what got us into the whole bubble bursting nonsense from 2007, 2008, and 2009. Mm -hmm. These are the sorts of things. And now this is where we we blur that line between people with a a more socialistic mindset thinking all wealth is from ill-gotten gain. Well, this is because a lot of wealth comes from ill-gotten gain, but that's not the problem. The problem is simply... uh, not coveting. But it also falls under the ethic of hard work. Yep. You know, of, you know, teach people to work with their hands so that they have something to offer and contribute to the congregation, as Paul wrote. So, yeah. And, and in a society where God is sovereign and God is sovereign all over all society, there's nothing wrong with being a successful cobbler, with making shoes, selling them for a fair price, and becoming, you know, pretty wealthy doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, if you're making shoes and you're the only shoemaker in the country and you're selling your shoes for you know $8,000 a pair, that's a different sort of thing. That's when you make a chain, like a chain organization like McDonald's or like... So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Just forget and, I said and, that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you, you can kind of fall off the deep end here into the ethics of all sorts of business sure. and stuff, but the principle here is that what you do even as you're providing for yourself and your family, you do with your neighbor in mind. Mm-hmm. And so if you have a business, just be fair. 
Mm-hmm. Love your neighbor. And, and there's probably even a call here from a Christian perspective of being more than fair, mm-hmm. of being generous, of, yeah. uh, you know, of sacrificing potential, even acceptable profits for the sake of helping out those less needy. And those are the type of companies that people love working for. Yeah, people love working for uh, where we're, we're coming on the heels of hurricane season. Uh, here, uh, hopefully by this time, there haven't been any more devastating hurricanes. But this year we had Harvey and Irma mm-hmm. impacting the United States, Maria impacting Puerto Rico and in the Caribbean more so. Uh, and there's this great story. It made me, you know, got a little dusty in my office when I watched the story of the fellow uh, in um, Florida who gave up the last generator in the store to the person whose, you know, uh, father or mother medically needed to have their equipment running. It was the very last generator and one person decided not to get it. Mm. it. It would have been legal for them to purchase the last generator in the store. They gave it up for their neighbor uh, who demonstrated a greater need. Mm. That, you know, those kind of things. That's cool. Illustrate it. Or, or when uh, a business goes out of their way uh, to provide computers for an underprivileged school district for students to help them learn. Or what you know, there's all sorts of generic examples we can give in that. But the the commandment, the ninth and tenth commandments, as proxies for the entire law, mm-hmm. are putting our neighbor before our eyes instead of our own selfish needs. So c- going back to that illustration you used last time about the neighbor's car. Um, and sometimes illustrations break down a little bit, but uh, <laughs> always, <laughs> always. Uh, c- going back to that, would it would this would the promotion side of it be going over and just standing back with your neighbor and saying, "You have a really awesome car. Uh, can I help you clean it, or can you let's just look at it? This is this is really great. Um, does that fit into that? That fits in. I mean. Maybe, you know, again, everything is so situational when we get into Mm. the specifics, it's hard to do it. But maybe uh, an extreme version of promoting the ninth and 10th commandment would be going over and helping your neighbor fix his car instead of getting a vanity accessory for your car kind of a thing, Mm -hmm. you know. Uh, But again, with coveting, the specific is your neighbor having something are you wanting something that your neighbor has instead of him having it? So mm-hmm. we're, we're we're getting more into the generic ethics yeah, of the law right. here. And maybe in some of the specific things, that's where as people who are, are saved by grace, who are filled with the Spirit of God and have the the principles of wisdom in Scripture, that's how God guides us to know in those situational examples what is good or what is wise to do. Yep. And you know, that comes from training and mm-hmm. practice. It comes from studying. And again, the purpose behind the entire being Lutheran curriculum, which therefore is the purpose behind the podcast, is knowing what you believe and why you believe it. Why are these foundational uh, you know, Lutheran documents contained in the Book of Concord so crucial for who we are as Lutherans? And this is what we're talking about, and this is why it matters. You know, and all the Ten Commandments really point toward who. what's our source. Mm-hmm. You know, what, where are we... Um, looking for our source for contentment, fulfillment, uh, meaning, grace, mercy, and love. Are we looking to things? Are we looking to human relationships? Or are we looking to the great God of creation? Yeah. And, and with that, then the overarching principle 
behind the ninth and 10th commandments, again, as a proxy for the entire law, is that we have a proper understanding of what God is doing with the law. And if you go all the way back to episode five or six or wherever we were, we talked about not only the three functions of the law, but the three purposes of the law. The three functions of the law, always good to review because they're codified in theology for us, are curb to give us boundaries in Mm -hmm. society, are mirror to show us our sin, and are a guide to show us how to live God's will as Christians. Those are the three functions of the law or the three uses. But here, the ninth and 10th commandment are really highlighting for us the purpose of God's law, what God is doing for us in the law. The first one is revealing God's holy character and will. Uh, That's the mirror image of purpose number three. Uh, The second one is to prepare us for the gospel. Uh, And the the first uh, or the, the last Uh, purpose of the law is to protect our neighbor from our sinful selves. And so what the ninth and 10th commandment are doing is that they are driving us to a point of self-examination because this isn't a crime that we can accuse our neighbor of. And the, the, the proneness uh, when we look, especially at the second table of law, which is where we've been spending most of our time is when uh, the law says don't steal we want to go to our neighbor and says, you stole from me. I think it's something you've touched on that was really important to me to realize as a believer in Christ Jesus, like, why do I got to keep hearing about my sin? You know, why, why do I got to, you know, keep example? Why why is this? But, but if you really own it, you know, and you kind of walk in that first John chapter one thing, if you really are willing to own it, what it does is it reveals the extravagant grace and mercy of God in Christ Jesus, because while we were yet sinners, and we we hear those verses all the time, and we kind of almost become numb and complacent to them. But when we really understand the magnitude of our sin, when we really understand the the complete depravity that we have within our sinful nature and our sinful self, while we were yet sinners, mm-hmm. Christ died for us and loved us in a way that that we can't always fully understand. But God wants to just reveal his grace and mercy. And I think that's a wonderful, maybe, fourth purpose of the law. <laughs> and I know that that's wrapped up in, in the maybe the first purpose of the law. But I, I think that we, we miss that sometimes. And I think it's important to understand how God's extravagant grace and mercy are revealed through confession and repentance. Yeah, it's, you can't understand the gospel unless you understand the law. And this is the danger of generic American Christianity is complaining just the way you complain. Well, people don't want to hear how their failures anymore. They, they realize that. No, people don't really know that they're that kind of a failure against God's law. It's, we, we have this kind of sense of angst that we carry with us on a day-to-day basis. But the reality is, is that most people, even people in the pews of our churches on Sunday, carry with them this lie that we're pretty much good people. The law is designed by God to obliterate that, to remove from you any sense that you can obey the law. It's the the law and then looking at the ninth and 10th commandments again as this entirely inwardly focused commandment. This eliminates that the idea that I can fulfill the law simply by avoiding what it prohibits. And that's what Jesus so masterfully did in the Sermon on the Mount. Yep. As he as he started teaching the disciples and those who were around him, it's like it's not about just what you do and don't do. It's about the motives of your heart. It's about the depravity that exists within you and exposing that depravity and that you are absolutely lost without Jesus. Mm -hmm. 
and and really what Jesus is doing on on in, on a limited level is I don't want this to be a hermeneutic for the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is applying the ninth and tenth commandments to the rest of the law. Mm-hmm. Is what he does over and over again. Does it with murder? Mm-hmm. Does it with divorce? He does it with lust. He does it with anxiety at the end of Matthew chapter six, where he says, "Don't worry." Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a ninth and tenth commentary on the first commandment. Mm-hmm. Is you know, in the first commandment it says you shall have no other gods before me. Mm-hmm. So what Luther taught in that is that God is forbidding idolatry, but He's identifying Himself as the one true God and source of all that we have. Amen. And so worry is a denial that God is capable of doing His job. Yep. Amen. And so you look at that, the ninth and tenth commandments is these throwaway, humorous things, you know, you know, like we, we go to a car show and we, we see a Ferrari and we say, oh, I'm coveting, I'm coveting, I really want it. Uh, that's fun and cute and whatever. But the ninth and tenth commandments are there for this last statement that where we are directed as Christians is to our own hearts. And when we look at our hearts, there should be nothing else left for us to do but to fall on our knees before God and beg for mercy. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly where he wants us. Yeah. And that's where, honestly, he can use us the most. When we become, just grow in our dependency on Christ, that whole picture of John chapter 15, abiding in Christ, mm-hmm. uh, just total dependency on our spiritual sustenance, nourishment from Christ. And I think it's a beautiful place to be. Yeah, and you know, to 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 kind of beat my drum here over and over again, your Christian vocation is impossible without that understanding. Amen. You are not going to live your life in the places God has called you to live unless you understand that you don't need the things you do for your neighbor for your own righteousness. Yeah, it's that it, whole it's apart from Christ, we can do nothing. No. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you know, sometimes when we're recording. I tend to get a little quiet and, and, and starting to, the wheels are turning in my mind. And, and I think that's probably because I, I'm starting to think about my own life and think about, you know, all the, the ways that this is hitting me and, and that sometimes I can get swallowed up in that introspection and swallowed up in that. But, um, I'm enjoying listening to you guys <laughs> talk for the last number of minutes. I don't know. It'd be interesting to look back, see when was the last time I said something in this episode. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I guess I'm I'm thinking about the things that I am coveting. or, or and, and I think what's coming into play is my own selfish heart. And, and that's the work of the law to reveal that to me. And so it's just neat to see God's word work in my life right now. And, and I want that to happen in everybody's life to have that same sort of, um, self-reflection or self-examination. Um, but yet not let that self-examination eat you up, um, in the sense of, and this has been my experience to be honest, last couple of days, just coming into this is, um, being an introspective person, you can, it can eat you alive. And, and so that's where the, the glimmer of the gospel pulls you out of that and leads you to the foot of the cross, leads you to say, yeah, I have nothing, but Christ has everything. And that, that spawns contentment, that spawns um, peace. 
Because if we, you know, the, the law is going to do its work, and obviously that's mm-hmm. happening, I think, in all of us. I mean, there's so many things that are going through my mind as we're talking, mm-hmm. too. It's like, oh, Lord, you know, help me, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. You know, because the areas that we do covet and we are participating in that, it, it, we aren't always aware of. And so as the law is exposing that, but if we stay there, that's never God's intention. That's the beauty of the freedom of the cross. That's the beauty of the victory that we have in Christ Jesus. That's the beauty of what Paul says, that there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That the blessing and privilege we have as believers is we don't have to stay there. Mm-hmm. That guilt and shame is washed away as we confess this and, and we hear that wonderful promise that God is faithful and just to forgive us of all yeah. unrighteousness, of all sin. And that's the beauty of the freedom of the, cro- of the cross. And that's where we see, again, that extravagant grace and mercy mm-hmm. of the Father revealed in Christ Jesus and poured out in the Holy Spirit. And so it's just, it, it is a blessing, mm-hmm. but it is. It's, sometimes it's hard to move past that because mm-hmm. we have this invisible stick that we just want to keep beating ourselves over the head. And it's almost like that self-flagellation that used to happen back, you know, during the time of Luther and earlier on that we kind of do it to ourselves mentally, Mm -hmm. but God does not want that. That's not the purpose that God intended the law to be for believers in Christ Jesus. The tragedy of the preaching of the law isn't the conviction of sin. The tragedy of the preaching of the law is when it's not followed by the gospel because the law is designed to put you there, to be crushed, to be introspective, Mm -hmm. to to question your ability to be pleasing before God because you're not pleasing before God. But then God wants you to know that he forgives you, that he has adopted you in Christ Jesus, that his blood cleanses you from all sins. And that's exactly what needs to happen. And on that note, 1 John chapter 1, beginning in verse 7, it says this, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. And as I tease my congregation, that word all in the Greek means all. Wow. Mm-hmm. Amen, and thank you, Lord, for the saving gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also, invite a friend to check us out on iTunes. Join us next week as Pastor Brett, Pastor Jason, and myself continue our discussion on the ninth and 10th commandment. God bless you and have a great week.